This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right, this is Peter Sablaki and Thomas Resca. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Today, what we're going to look at is a history of presidential pardons, seeing the fact as one president is leaving, they always pardon several individuals. Um, so we're going to look at some of the more controversial or interesting pardons that have taken place for more than 200 years when presidents had this authority to do this. Yep. So I think we're going to start off more or less with just the history of the pardon power and how it came to be and where it stems from and some of the early controversies with the power even being or rather existing in the Constitution of the United States. And then, as you said, we'll just kind of run through some of the controversial ones. Uh, maybe we'll provide some statistics as to, you know, which president pardoned the most. Yeah, we'll, which we'll go over some presidents, go over some situations, why it happened. Because a lot of it is because of what's going on in the country at the time. Some of these pardons yep. take place. Um, so, yeah, we'll just give you a little yeah. background on it, basically. So, basically, um, the power of a pardon, of a presidential pardon, um, a lot it's, it's pretty controversial. And it, uh, whether or not they should have this power, it raised a lot of legal questions about mm-hmm. whether they are straying from really what the founders, what the framers intended to. But all basically goes down to Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution, yep. which authorizes the president to grant pardons and other forms of, of uh, clemency um, involving offenses ag- against the United States. That's where that comes from. And, the and goal there's a key the- here. A lot of people don't realize it's against federal offenses yes, because yeah. it's against the United States. So yeah. if you commit a state offense or a local offense, the president cannot pardon that. No, that's just something- only for federal offenses. Governors can do that. Yes. Governors, yes. Obviously, now the president's not going to be doing those sorts of things. And no. the goal of it is to ensure like a more fairness in the criminal justice system and to avoid abuses by prosecutors. And it was also designed really to restore tranquility of the Commonwealth. That was also written in the Constitution. Um, yep. That's what Alexander wrote. And he was obviously one of the nation's founders, right? Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Yep. Got to say it like that. Alexander Hamilton. From, from <laughs> the, uh, for those of you that have seen the play on Disney Plus, you know what I'm talking have about. Have you ever seen it? I saw it on Disney Plus. I didn't see it in. Um, like live. No, in, I, in, I've in never person. seen it. Back when Broad- Broadway was open. No, I, I feel. Like, I figure. I figure. Like I should see it. Like all my all my students get really excited about talking about just this time period. Whenever I talk about Federalist period, mainly because of this play, and that's kind of like, oh, it's you know, I know everything about Alexander Hamilton, and I'm like, all right, well, let's calm down there. You know, I know everything about. It. Well, it was he. Uh, it was based on a book, but that's another podcast. We'll do Hamilton another podcast. Okay, that's, you, you've been wanting to do that one for a while, so we really. Should well, I said we should one. do like the true uh, the true Hamilton podcast or something. Yeah, like that. we'll get there. But as you said, 18, uh, 1787, Constitutional Convention, Alexander Hamilton is the one that proposes this idea. And it actually comes from the English laws, right? Uh, that monarchs have been granted for years where monarchies would uh, have the power to grant mercy to any of their subjects at any point, right? Um, and the practice was extended to governors of British colonies in America. So this whole idea of pardon stems from the crown, the British crown eventually came over um, through governors, British colonies, the 13 colonies. And it was from this where the idea kind of stemmed forth um, by Alexander Hamilton, who proposed it like, you know what, we should give our executive this very same power. Right. That's the idea. And, and as you've mentioned, a lot of people were, even at the time, were kind of like, hey, I don't know about this. This is, this could, this is a very controversial topic and issue. 
uh, even to the point that they try to have like a last minute proposal to deny this ability to the president. They're worried um, what it could do. They think it's giving too much power to one person. Yep. And at the Constitutional Convention until the very second, this was a very, you know, it's, fun. it's interesting because like we don't really talk about this. I don't know about you, but when I teach this, like I don't talk about this being a, you know, a frequently voted down idea or controversial, but it, it seems like it really was based on the research I've been there's doing. I mean, there's this. always some controversial pardons every end of every term that take place. And some have gone down history. People more, some are more well known than others. Some are more controversial at the time. But as history goes by, people just forget about it. Because once the president pardons an individual, that's it. It's done. There's no yep. appeal. There's no way to now. If they commit another crime, I guess that's different. I don't guess that, that is different. Yep. But for that crime, that's it. It's done. So people can be outraged, but eventually it's just going to fade away, and they're going to find something else to get mad at. <laughs> yeah, plenty of things this day. You know, this day and age. The one thing that they try to really do is pardons in cases of treason. Like, that's the one thing they try to take away in, in during the Constitutional Convention. Like, okay, fine, we'll give the president the ability to grant pardons, but not in cases of treason. And that was eventually voted down, and they, they kind of wrote it as is, as you mentioned, for federal um, crimes. The only thing that the president cannot, and that is enumerated in the Constitution, meaning that it is written in the Constitution, yeah. that the only thing that the president may not use the clemency powers to stop um, is themselves or others from being impeached by Congress. That was actually written in there. That's almost like the only limit on it. So you cannot stop your own impeachment by Congress or impeachment of others by Congress. Um, also, the president essentially has, according to the uh, Constitution, has four kinds of pardon powers, right? Uh, they all, as we mentioned, apply to only federal, not state crimes. Uh, the president may issue a pardon that wipes out a crime entirely. They could shorten or do away with the criminal sentence, right, with a commutation. They could release a person from a legal obligation, like a fine or with a remission. Or they could put off a person's sentence for a period of time, um, only to have to do it you know, later on. So those are essentially the four kinds of pardon powers. But as you mentioned, besides that, almost unlimited pardon power, right? It's yeah, very well, contentious. And it's not even limited to people because every year the president pardons a turkey at Thanksgiving. Yes. So that's probably <laughs> one that's the most famous as far as people hear about that, that around Thanksgiving time, the president, that's not a real thing, obviously. And actually that turkey winds up dying a few days later, a few weeks later anyway. Really? Yeah, I was reading an article. Get out of here. I, yeah, again, I'm like generally upset now. I don't want to get off topic. Yeah, they always said they make they make a big deal of oh, this is the turkey that's being pardoned, but because how turkeys are bred and when they're usually slaughtered and stuff like that, they don't live they live for maybe a few weeks, a few months after that, and they just die anyway. Instead of being like well, the real question is, what do they do with the dang turkey? Do they eat it? Well, then they cook it up and yeah, then they eat it. I'm sure. No, I don't. Oh, that's know. messed up. I don't know what they oh, do to man. these turkeys. Did you have a rough day today? Did Tom? Did <laughs> Thomas have a rough day today? It wasn't a rough day. Just a just a long day. Let's go. Pardons. Pardons. <laughs> all right. Wait. Hold on. So, all right. Um, George Mason of Pennsylvania, right? Uh, this is just the last thing. Um, he was a delegate that he was the only delegate technically that abstained from signing the constitution because of the fact that the pardon power was granted to the president. Um, he clearly, really didn't like it then. He really didn't like it. Yeah, yeah he really didn't like it. Uh, clearly all other ones are okay with it. Uh, but this guy specifically said, I'm not signing the constitution. Um, I'm going to abstain from signing it because of this. He thought it was just dangerous to use. It was, it was too power. It was too great of a power. They're really worried that you know that absolute power is going to corrupt absolutely. That if we give a president this type of power, they're going to pardon their friends, just people that they like, and things like that. They're not necessarily going to make it based on law. It's, it's a lot of power. You're giving one person the ability to overturn a court case, a jury's yeah. decision. Basically, that's yeah. a lot of power. 
I get, I, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of what if questions whenever I teach this. Yeah. You know, like, what if, can what do this? if? Well, hopefully we can answer these what if questions. Well, hopefully, yes. right? I mean, I get like, some crazy what if questions from my students over the years. I've gotten some really, how about this one? This is, this is a real thing. Mr. Zablocki, if a woman is pregnant and she's on a plane and a plane is flying over the Mexican-American border and the baby like comes out at that given second when it's like right above the border, is the baby American or is it Mexican? Oh, that's easy. Dude, but I know. Wait, but well, uh, by the way, the answer is mother's nationality. That's what the baby yeah, is. Yeah, it's also where it, it's also, it, it's a, it was an American airliner, so it's also going to be American. Yeah. But these are the type of questions that I get. Like the yes, what that, if that's different. My what if questions are usually about superheroes. <laughs> and who, who, would, who would win in a fight? That's usually oh, that's what I so get. Funny. That's so funny. But yeah, I get a lot with this one too. Like, so what? So he technically could pardon, like, I'm like, yes. The answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. So let's get into some of these pardons, right? Well, let's start with, with well, let's start with George Washington, right? So, like, right. again, Washington sets the first precedent for a bunch of things. He also is the first one to use pardons um, as a way of basically a gesture of social and political togetherness. So they kind of calm things down. Um, and the big thing was there was um, obviously the Whiskey Rebellion takes place. And out of the 16 people that get arrested for inciting this this whiskey rebellion, which is a whole other topic that we can get into, um, mm-hmm. farmers angry about the whiskey, they go and rebel in Washington. They're angry about a tax. Essentially, tax, it's yeah. the very first, very first ever under the Constitution tax. So they used to say moniker, these farmers, Tom, as, as you mentioned, uh, there's a moniker of this is taxation without representation. We're not paying this tax. And yeah. and then they march out in this like, you know, rebellion. However, this was by definition literally taxation with representation because this is the very first tax that yeah, is they didn't, they didn't really the fully population. understand. They just got mad that their alcohol was basically being taxed. Exactly. And other things. And then Washington yeah. gets a what thirteen thousand troop militia, because he's George Washington, marches and they that kind of shuts it down right there. Once they see Washington, they pretty much stop. And out of the people that get arrested, two of them are actually sentenced to death. John Mitchell and Philip Weigel are actually sentenced for death for their participation in the Whiskey Rebellion. And um, later on, um, Washington will actually pardon them. And he does this for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons he does it is because he knows he's trying to bring the country back together. And plus, he knows if he kills these two, if the, if the country um, sentences them to death, that it's probably going to create more problems than what it's worth. Yeah. So the idea was it's gonna it's gonna try to get rid of that further dissent and discontent that the people have with the president or the powers that be at this at this time in July of 1795 he just pardons them both. Another one that really kind of pardons uh, Thomas Jefferson right in the election of 1800s after his election Thomas Jefferson third president of the United States he pardoned um, a lot of people that were convicted under the Sedition Acts of 1798. And that was essentially a law that was uh, unconstitutional. It was eventually repealed. It was passed during the second presidency of, um, you know, only term of John Adams, uh, in which Congress and John Adams essentially decided that people could be convicted for saying bad things, you know, about the government. So if you said anything bad about the government, they, they could literally, especially if you wrote it, like if you published something, you'd be thrown in jail. And Thomas Jefferson, when he became president after John Adams, he kind of decided that that's that's that was unconstitutional. So he essentially uh, pardoned all the people that were convicted under this act. And that's really what and, it's supposed to be, right? It's not so much a, it's supposed to be all right, we feel bad for this person or whatever. It's more of a the correct or wrong that was done. That's why the pardon's yep. really there. Yep. His followers, 
So Monroe and uh, Madison Monroe that followed after him, they're actually pardoned a few pirates, um, which would, you know some people thought was interesting at the time. But back then, pirates, uh, most of the pirates, specifically the ones they pardoned, um, were more like smugglers, which was very American at the time. You know, not in the sense of like, you know, pirates of the Caribbean pirates. No. And then there's one that's really kind of interesting: the George Wilson case. He was pardoned because he was after he received a death sentence for endangering life and committing robbery, right? Yeah, him, him was him and his well, buddy. Yeah. He right? was robbing trains. Exactly. Him and his buddy uh, were robbing trains, and they were both committed. And his buddy winds up um, being hanged. And here is uh, George Wilson, who happens to actually have a lot of friends in Washington, and he's about to be hanged as well because he's the co-conspirator or co, I guess, robber. But his friends in Washington know Andrew Jackson, so they petition Andrew Jackson in 1833. To pardon this guy, right? Just, you know, you please do something, you know, we don't want him to die. They were stealing U.S. mail, which is like a federal offense. A lot of people don't realize this, but like if you go for a joyride and start knocking down people's mailboxes, that's actually a federal crime. Yeah. Like don't touch anyone's mailbox. And that's they also a put a gun crime. to a um, mail carrier's, they pull, pull yes. the gun on the mail carrier. So that's, that's uh, putting a, that's attacking a federal employee. Yes. Um, so Wilson uh, winds up getting pardoned by um, by Andrew Jackson, and this is where Jackson didn't care. Jackson's just like, "Yeah, I'll do it." He yeah, whatever. Was, I'll do it. I'll pardon. He didn't even like. He said he didn't even like think twice. He said like, they asked him that they were going to have to give him reasons. He's like, "Yeah, he, he's your friend. Fine, I'll pardon him." Which again yeah. is not what the framers were really going for. So yeah. you have Jefferson, who basically follows the Constitution, is you know following what the framers said, and here's Jackson being like, "Yeah, sure, I'm, it's, it's that's fine." I yeah. can do it. It's it's good. Not not an issue. Not an issue. What was really crazy about this? This, yeah. this case kind it of it becomes an turn. issue, though. Yeah, it takes a turn because Wilson actually refuses the pardon. Right? He's like, I don't want to be pardoned. Right? He goes, I, I deserve this. So like, I the case, how, how can you pardon me for something I did? Exactly. And then you know it goes all the way to the Supreme Court because it's like, wait a second, if the president pardons somebody, doesn't that? Equivocally, like he is free, right? So it goes to Congress. I'm sorry, it goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court actually has to like discuss this, and they rule that you know what, a pardon can be rejected if it's given, and uh, and Wilson is later executed by hanging. That was that was a crazy turn of events. Yeah, so you wouldn't think that someone. I mean, I don't know if people are paying attention to the news, but I know um, the Tiger King was hoping he was going to get pardoned so much that he actually had a limo waiting outside the prison for him. Because he was a, he wow. was expecting a presidential pardon when Trump left office, and that did not happen. So he was still stuck in jail, and the limo was left outside waiting. Oh, uh, so, I guess he couldn't he couldn't have rejected even if he wanted to. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the whole point is he couldn't reject it, but he wanted a pardon. He just didn't get it, and this guy got yeah. a pardon. It was like, no, I'm good. So, I'm good. I don't want it. <laughs> U.S. It was United States versus Wilson determines that we could. Um, essentially reject the pardon. All right. So let's talk about some of, some of these pardons that kind of... Well, you have one that was pretty controversial by James Buchanan, which pretty mm -hmm. much goes down as a pretty bad president, right? Um, yeah. And he, he pardons he, he pardons an individual, a well-known name. He pardons Brigham Young. Yep. And he pardons Brigham Young uh, for his role in basically what becomes known as the um, Utah War, right? When mm -hmm. more or less he had all his followers, the Church of... Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the more becomes known as the Mormon Church, and he almost had his own little like serfdom going on in Utah. And Young, um, not Young, sorry, Buchanan dispatches the army to go retake control of the territory. They were worried they were going to like 
secede from the Union, basically, take this territory, make it its own country. And it became like this like year-long standoff with the U.S. Army. For the most part, it was pretty bloodless. But there was an incident in September of 1857 where a group of Mormons killed over 100 civilian members of a uh, California-bound wagon train. And Young was supposedly the one that ordered this massacre. Um, and then what happens is they, Young and the followers accused of this later receive a full pardon from the president, James Buchanan, as part of really a peace comprom- a compromise with the federal government. All right, we're going to leave. We'll leave you alone. We'll give you a pardon, but you have to like swear that you're not going to succeed. You're not going to try to make any sort of uprising and remove Utah, make sure you pay your taxes and things of that nature. And it was controversial at the time. It's one of those ones that's kind of forgotten about in history. You don't really hear too much about how Brigham Young had this pardon from President Buchanan. Most of American history wants to forget about President Buchanan. He well, does it. rank as one of the worst, if not the worst president in United States history um, on everyone's list. Pretty much. By everyone, I mean like, you know, historians. He's always, he, you, like you always have Lincoln, Washington, a certain Jefferson up in the top five, top 10. Buchanan is always in that bottom, that bottom three. Row. He's he's the, he's the worst one, or right there. I'm not going far. There's only one president between Buchanan and Andrew Johnson that I'm going to talk about. So you have Buchanan, then President Lincoln, and then Andrew Johnson. And Andrew Jan- Johnson probably has the most controversial. Um, At the time, yeah. and I would probably say one of the largest ones, right? Largest, be, and probably the largest. Definitely most controversial until at least you know Watergate. What he does is on Christmas Day of 1868, President Andrew Johnson officially declares like a general amnesty and unconditionally pardons everyone who fought for the Confederacy during the Civil War. Who raised arms right. against the United States, yeah. Yep. So if so essentially, is treason. That's treason, yeah. It is. It is, 100%. And not only did he give them full pardons, but this is where it gets kind of a little interesting. He says, well, you know what? Those that were part of the Confederate government, you will not be part of this general you know, amnesty. You are going to have to uh, speak to me directly you know, to receive a pardon. And then he winds up pardoning like 90% of these people that essentially were responsible for voting to get the, you know, the South out of the union. And it is these very same, many instances, very same politicians that would go on after this pardon, um, rejoin Southern uh, state, you know, state legislations and stuff like that. And ultimately create what we know today as Jim Crow laws of segregation. Yeah, very controversial because you had these extremes. You had individuals that wanted a full pardon. And then the other side, you wanted people, you want, you had there were individuals in the government that said, no, you take every single person that rose up against the government and you hang them. Yeah. This is, this is no negotiation. These are traitors. They rose, took arm against the United States. They fought four years against the United States in this civil war. That's it. There's no pardons. There's no forgiveness. There's no healing. We kill them. Yeah. They said if it's the yeah. Confederates one, they would have done it to us. So that's, that's part of the argument too. And Johnson says, no, we have to bring the country, we have to reunite the country, we have to... I was going to say that, actually. Yeah, like, why would he do that? You brought up a good point. Um, And I guess, you know, we always try to do this in a classroom. There's always two sides to the story, right? So why would he do that? Did he do that just because he he felt like he was going to be like, hey, look, you know, like, I'm going to stick it to the North? No. uh, He truly believed that by doing that, he was kind of moving the nation past the Civil War. It's, It's also what Lincoln wanted. And moving him forward. Yeah, no, a lot of Johnson's policies are Lincoln. He was following, and he does some other controversial things later on. That's why he Johnson gets impeached, right? Yeah, first Um, one to do so. But um, he's also... Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present, 
If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. He wants to follow all that Lincoln legacy. And he wants to yeah. put in a lot of Lincoln's ideas. And Lincoln wanted a pardon for all Southerners. He knew there was no way to bring the country together. And on some level, he was pr- probably, without a doubt, correct there. Another one, like, so mass pardon, I think, I, I don't know why I skipped it, because it's not really a pardon. Uh, in 1862, Abe Lincoln uh, made a very controversial, but very unofficial pardon, because it wasn't officially a pardon, which actually needs to be put in writing. Um, he refused to authorize the executions of 265 Dakota uh, tribesmen in Minnesota. And historians kind of put that in with the idea of a pardon. However, it was never written down. It was simply a refusal to authorize the execution. So I don't know if it really counts as a pardon, but some historians view it's it. A stay of, it's a stay of execution. But yeah, Johnson grants up to like 90% of applicants that applied it, you know, for him, which is, you know, very high level Confederate officials are essentially granted amnesty. What's the, the only other really famous blanket pardon in American history it happens like a hundred years later right um, and I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit here but uh, that is Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. so Jimmy Carter uh, extremely controversial as well um, what essentially Jimmy Carter does is he pardons every single um, draft dodger from the Vietnam War people go now especially veterans are extremely upset about this and here you have these people that kind of ran away to Canada or try to dodge um, the draft. And basically, Carter just pardons all of them. But I just kind of stuck it in here because I thought you know, it would fit with this idea of a, like a big blanket pardon. No, it was a blanket one. And it was also controversial because the, what about the ones who didn't leave, who didn't want to go but still had to go fight in this war that they didn't want to go and fight in? That's a whole other – I remember reading somewhere, though, that some of it, de- it also depended – because there were others who dodged a draft and they um, were not allowed to come back. So it really dep- I guess there might have been some more stipulations there. Okay. I know Jimmy Carter had like a weird pardon like history. I mean, he pardoned Peter Yarrow. Yeah, and I uh, saw why he, he group, Peter, he Paul, and Mary. Yeah, and that was that's a controversial one because Very. basically um, Yarrow was sentenced to time in jail. And it, that's pardon like – I don't think that pardon would have happened today. No way. No but way. It, definitely happened, it happened then. Forget it. But in the seventies, basically he was he was charged with behaving indecent indecently with a fourteen year old. Yeah, I think she was thirteen at the time, or yeah, fourteen, maybe 14, fourteen. 13, 14. Yeah. And on his last day in office, Carter issued a full pardon for him. But he only served. Yep. He's only sentenced to three months in jail anyway. Which is another thing that's crazy. So again, that's not going to happen twenty twenty one as opposed to nineteen seventy. Very yeah. very 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 different. Um, but people were outraged at that. Like, wait a minute, this guy's basically was a child molester or being yeah. charged with that, found guilty of it. At first, he's only getting three months in jail, which is okay. Not going to not gonna happen in 2021. But then for to get a presidential pardon for that, that's, that's, not, that's just not going to happen. Nuts. Any other um, older ones? I think we kind of jumped to the 20th century, but I don't know if there was really anything that was in 1800s, really. I think we, Johnson was it. 
I mean, obviously, when you look at 20th century, the biggie of them all is, is what we covered a couple weeks ago. Um, and that is Gerald Ford pardoning Richard Nixon, right? Yeah. You know that Gerald Ford pardoned a lot of people. Well, Actually, yeah. like I didn't realize this until I started like doing the research for this. Just in two years, he pardoned like 382 people. That's a lot. Right? I mean, other presidents have had more, but for a short amount of time, and most of them were definitely were related to that Watergate scandal in some way. He's basically parting them. He's trying to bring the country together. It's similar. I'm not comparing it exactly, but similar to what Johnson is doing, right? He's trying to heal the country, bring the country back together. Kind of, all right, this happened. We are addressing it. We're going to put it behind us. Some people are okay with that. Some people aren't. And that's what happened before. And it cost for the election. Pardoning Nixon, oh, yeah. all these Watergate people, people, uh, individuals, like all right, maybe if we did like him, we can't vote for someone who's doing that. All right, yeah. so let's uh, let's get into uh, uh, but like what well, we're talking about pardons. We're talking about how this guy had so many, that guy had so many. I'm sure you probably found it, but what what president do you think had the most pardons? It makes sense when you think about it. By far, the most pardons out of any other. Obama. Person. No, it wasn't Obama. Obama had the most commutations. Yeah, the, the by most. Far. The most partisan right. commutations of any president, and it makes sense, was FDR because he served presidents longer than anybody else. He's obviously going to have more. He issued 2,819 pardons, I know, I saw 488 that. commutations, and 489 other types of clemency um, for a total of 3,796 acts of legal mercy. And Did you see that? Though? These- his, his total requests were 13,541. Oh, he had 13,541 requests. What were the most and of these the, for? The most of them were for individuals that violated prohibition. Huh. Selling uh, selling alcohol, making alcohol when prohibition was a crime, when selling when uh, you know alcohol was illegal. So most of them were all dealing with the violation of prohibition. And so that's really what he was dealing with most of his pardons for. Yeah. What was that? I mean, he was also there for three full terms, you know, and and yeah, from thirty three to forty five. So he had more time than any other president yeah. to basically have all of these acts of percentage wise. That's are called, yeah, percentage wise. Obama had a total of two hundred twelve pardons and one thousand seven hundred fifteen commutations, right? Which, which, is, which uh, is a lot, but it's also not as um, no, no. Much as some other Truman had a lot. Truman had like over two thousand. Yeah, Truman had a ton. But what's interesting too is Obama. Out of his total requests, right, for uh, either clemency or pardons, he had 36,544 requests. So because he, um, between pardons and commutations, his total clemency was like 1,900, right? He only granted um, like 5% of his total requests, right? While FDR um, had 13,000 requests as opposed to 36. And by granting a total of like 3,700, right, total clemency, he was at like a solid 28% mm-hmm. of requests granted. But in Truman, right, Truman has 5,000 total requests and he grants a clemency of total of over a little over 2,000, which is 41% of, he, he almost granted half of everything that came his way. What's uh, what's Trump total? Well, Trump, Trump has a total of 237 pardons total okay obama the reason why you probably thought obama before why a lot of people think of obama so much is because he did grant a law he he granted 330 on his last day so that was the most ever in a single day on his last day of office he 
he um, granted 330. He also issued, and the reason why his name came up with so many presidential pardons also is because he issued more um, pardons than the last 13 presidents prior combined. So he wasn't yeah. really used as much. Or, and then Obama grants a lot more. A lot of his were uh, for drug drug trafficking and things of that nature, yep. drug possession, some of those crimes. Uh, do you notice the president uh, that has used this part in the least? 77 total, only three com um, commutations and 74 pardons, total of 77 is H.W. Bush. Um, that makes sense. Based on what you know about him. Yeah, like he just, he was like, nope, 77 in comparison to like, you know, Obama's 1900 or FDR's 3700. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, when you talk about some of these more more uh, more recent ones, uh, before we you know obviously get to today, what was Ronald Reagan did something with uh, the owner of New York Yankees? Did you get that one? Yes, yeah, so George Steinbrenner was yep. the owner of the New York Yankees, and he was convicted in 1974 on 14 criminal accounts for making legal financial contributions to the Nixon re-election campaign years mm -hmm. earlier, and he pleaded guilty to this in obstructing justice, and he had to pay. $15,000 for his crimes, which is never really anything. And he never went to jail for this. Um, Reagan issues him a full pardon in 1989. Yep. So it kind of just gets rid of any wrongdoing, anything else, stops investigations as it's done. Steinbrenner is suspended for baseball for a while. He's not allowed to be – he still can own the Yankees at the time, but he cannot be involved in the day-to-day -day activities of the Yankees during that time. And if I'm Ronald Reagan, right, you had George H.W. Bush, like we said, he, he was the one that did the least um, of modern presidents. But he did pardon six people that were involved in the Iran-Contra arms yeah. scandal. And that's just cleaning up, cleaning up that mess, basically. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people think that that's what it was. It was just like, hey, you know, favors. Essentially, it was just favors. Um, and because the Iran-Contra um, scandal happened during his predecessor, Ronald Reagan's um, presidency, the belief is that Ronald Reagan didn't do it, so that way it didn't kind of fall like as he had anything to do with it. And it was George H.W. Bush that cleaned it up later. And then you have um, President Clinton pardons Patty Hearst, oh, yeah. which well, he, he he pardons in someone else too. But uh, like, he pardons his brother. Oh, yeah, well, his half brother. Let's, let's get to Patty Hearst one first. All I right, guess. Patty Hearst, right? Daughter so, of newspaper. He's, he's, he's actually later on. He does his brother, his half brother. Uh, that kind of hurts him. Yeah. That kind of hurts him. But Patty Hearst, right, is a daughter of a newspaper magnate. I mean, this guy is a giant newspaper. William Randolph Hearst. Everyone kind of knows that in history. Um, and she became an international like international news sensation. Uh, she was kidnapped by members of this revolutionary terrorist group. The SLA, the Simonese Liberation Army, 1974. 74. So they actually locked her up in his cupboard for like 57 days. And she was later testified to be blindfolded, raped, assaulted numerous times. Um and then she said she joined these uh, the SLA terrorist group in an attempt to regain her freedom, right? Um, and that was the that was the story at the time, at least. But then things kind of got a little complicated because she's eventually arrested. There's a lot of footage, uh, spe specifically from different banks' um, security cameras I've that robbing the bank, yeah. Yeah, like committing a slew of armed robberies, right? And she's screaming to the camera and she, she's like super into this terrorist group, essentially. And it becomes very difficult for her lawyers to try to defend her 
Um, but she is later arrested. She's charged for uh, all these crimes that she committed, you know, armed robberies. And even though she said she was brainwashed by her captors, she was found guilty and sentenced to seven years in prison. Uh, 1979, Carter actually lowers her sentence. And then in 2001, Clinton completely grants her... Um, for mom, she's not. She's not in jail at that time when Clinton granted. No, no, no. Pardon. She's no longer in jail. So, no. Yeah, she only served twenty-two months of a seven-year sentence because Carter basically said no. It was too harsh of a punishment, and Carter's a reason Clinton issues a pardon in two thousand one. Um, basically, he urges him to do it, but as he's leaving office, because Carter states this, he's just still pushing for it even at that time. Yeah. Um, is it? I think if you are found guilty of a federal crime i don't think i think you lose your right to vote yeah you lose your right to vote you lose a lot of other things so you can't contest a divorce yes i think exactly yeah you by getting rid of that she get you get those a pardon grants you those rights back like even obviously she wasn't doing this but you fill out a job application we ever convicted of a crime if you're pardoned you won't have to fill that out Mm -hmm. like legally or you don't have to look that it's it's, it's as if it never happened basically Yep. And then uh, nepotism, right? 101. Uh, Clinton issues a pardon for his half-brother, Roger Clinton. Um, for after for the, drugs, right? It was a drug yeah. charge. He serves a year in a prison for pleading guilty to cocaine distribution charges. Like, not even just possession of drugs, like distributing cocaine. What was interesting was, it was Roger Clinton, his half-brother. After he got out of jail, he, or after he was pardoned, less than a month later, he got arrested for drunk driving. Oh man! Yeah, disturbing piece. Yeah, yeah. He had to pay a fine for that and serve two years and two years probation for that. He wasn't pardoned for that, obviously. But um, yeah. Following uh, Clinton, you have you have uh, President W. Bush. I didn't really find anything that kind of stood out for for W. Bush for me. No, it wasn't anything controversial. Again, they they always pardon some low level drug offenses or crimes of um. They don't really do murderers or anything like that. It's more of like I said, drug offenders, individuals that might have more or less violent crimes. That, that's what you usually see. Every president's going to pardon, pardon some people. It's a, and also people they know. I mean, a big one is yeah. is kind of their political allies, you know, uh, are pardoned very often um, in the process. Or who's going to help them um, with stuff? And then Obama, as we mentioned before, uh, issued the most pardons since Harry S. Truman. And probably uh, one, one of the most famous him. ones with Obama was uh, Chelsea Manning, right? Yes, it was. Well, Chelsea Manning was basically served seven out of 35 years that she was sentenced to. She was a former Army intelligence analysis convicted of leaking documents that revealed classroom information on the military and diplomatic activities around the world, a lot of spies' names, a lot of where we were doing some of that, covert operations, and was caught. And Obama decided to grant Manning a reprieve, which was seen highly controversial a lot of people are really angry about that because it's like, why you this person put American lives at risk and you're letting this person out after seven years as they, when they were already sentenced to 35 years. And it, I believe Obama was actually going back and forth whether or not he was going to do it. A lot of people were asking it and finally on his, on later on during his presidency, he does it. Yep. And I think we need to also mention it. If I, you know, whenever I teach the idea of Obama uh, and pardons and pardoning to most people since Harry S. Truman, a lot of these were for, these low-level, nonviolent drug crimes, like the idea of like the fact that if African Americans are caught, you know, in like a low-level, nonviolent drug crime, yeah, they usually the, the punishment doesn't really the, fit the, the crime. The punishment is much more severe than if it was a a, a white person, basically. Yes. Yeah, and then statistics proportionate. They're not proportionate. They're they're not proportionate. Prove that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yes, statistics do prove that. do prove that. And there was something that Obama and a lot of um, 
Also, you have to understand that since the 80s and or the 90s and obviously when Obama was president, there's a lot more of those um, rights groups out there that are really pushing for civil rights groups, not just for race, but just in general that are pushing for clemency, pushing for pardon for are these individuals that are these low-level, nonviolent cr- uh, criminals, but that they're saying these aren't really criminals. They got mixed up in something. They might have been the wrong place, wrong time. And they have to have the evidence. And they're saying, listen, you have the power to change that. What's her name? Kim Kardashian is really big into this, where she'll pick up causes of certain individuals that they feel, again, low-level, typically nonviolent. There's a couple that were a little more violent, nonviolent, and they stress and tries to get them pardoned. I believe she did get a couple from of people on her that she advocates for um, from Trump, actually did uh, pardon some of yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think he, Trump issued like 19 pardons and seven commuta- commutations uh, up to his last day. Um, you know, at least from like, you know, I, I, I would say it until last month or so. But um, talk about Trump, you know, let's let's kind of finish up with, with Trump. So you have, um, you know, some of his more, I guess, controversial ones. Again, this is kind of fairly fresh, but uh, Steve Bannon, right? 67 years old. Um, he was a key advisor in Trump's uh you know, presidential run four years ago, and he's charged with swindling Trump supporters over an effort to raise private funds to build the, you know, the infamous U.S.-Mexico border wall. He pleaded not guilty. Um, and actually, White House officials advised Trump against pardoning Bannon, right? Um, and he was really going back and forth at it, but in the last moment, he decided to pardon him. Yep. Um the other that, one that, that one's probably crit- criticized. I'm sorry to interrupt you, people. That you know, yeah. to be fair, we also that he has he's had less critical ones. Also, he did pardon um, former heavyweight boxing champion Jack Johnson. He was an yep. African American. He was arrested. This is back in 1913 because the guy um, crossed state lines with a white woman, which was a crime at the time. So he pardoned him for that. So the, so he does do pardons, which obviously after the, uh, Jack Johnson passed away, but he pardons that are less controversial that you might not hear about as more you always, but you usually hear about the ones that are more controversial that stir more stories. Yep. Yeah. And again, as we always teach, we, we try to stay as objective. Yeah. Objective. Yeah. Uh, you know, not giving opinions. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also pardoned his little Wayne. Yes. I saw that one for, for a gun charge. Yeah, it was pleaded guilty in a federal court uh, for illegally possessing a firearm. Uh, he faced up to 10 years in prison, actually. And he was scheduled to be sentenced in Florida next month, uh, which that's not going to happen again. Well, they're um, saying one of the criticisms with Trump's pardons is that, yeah, he does pardon some individuals like Jack Johnson, but that he's mostly pardoning, so they believe, for the critics, say that he's pardoning supporters, celebrities, or individuals that just kind of catches attention. Mm-hmm. At that time, and he's like, "Oh, okay, uh, this is an interesting case. So I'll pardon this person." So again, that's not the argument. Is that's not what the framers, that's not what the founders want. That's not the point of this. You, that's not. Yep. You, it's not for something that catches your interest. It's look at the case. Was it a wrong here? That's what it's right. supposed to be. And actually, Trump had a total of ten thousand um, fifty-one total requests. Uh, he had a lot. Of people really thought he was going to pardon them for no matter what. Like I said, the Tiger King thought he was going to get pardoned. I don't that, know that was crazy. That was crazy. So, in the grand scheme of things, I think this is, like we said, a fairly controversial um, power granted by Article Two to our president. However, I don't. Over the years, besides the times that we just kind of mentioned in this podcast today, there hasn't really been many like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened." Pardons. Um, 
you know, in most modern history, obviously the, the granddaddy of them all is the Watergate scandal. Yeah. Uh, when you go back a hundred years, the granddaddy of all that one was the pardoning of all Confederates. But I think the I think part, the pardoning of turkeys is ridiculous. So I really think the <laughs> presidents have to rethink this strategy out there. Oh, I'm going to say my opinion here. Let's why do we have to pardon the turkey? What really? Honestly, where did that come from? Did you, did you ever learn why? Like, why, why do we pardon the turkey? Like, where was who's the first? Wasn't it first president oh. on record issuing pardons to a turkey was actually Ronald Reagan. Really? Believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, but other, other ones have done it. But that's like the official. The, I guess who signed the actual papers. Um, the first hmm. president to unofficially pardon a turkey was Abraham Lincoln. And Lincoln basically does it to save the, the save the bird. That's like a peace offering. Well, I need to learn more of my turkey history. Because, Link, because Lincoln's son um, had grown fond of the bird. It was given to him to like raise and feed until Thanksgiving. But Lincoln's son grew fond of the bird. So he decided to uh, pond it. And Lincoln was an animal lover too. But Lincoln mm-hmm. then started the tradition. And then uh, Harry Truman is often credited with the father of the, of the modern day presidential turkey pardon. Why? I mean, I guess you're right. It's a photo op. It's a nice photo op. Yeah, again, it was just because he received it as a gift from the uh, Poultry and Egg National Board at a public event. So they, they basically egg got this. Egg National Board. Yes, that exists. So they got basically got the bird as a gift, and then they say, let's not kill it, and then it becomes this thing ever since. And then John F. Kennedy was the one that started to do it publicly at the White House. That's when they had the big. Oh, John F. Kennedy who would love the photo op. Come yeah. on. So Nuts. Anyway, so see, there's some fun stuff out there, fun fun pardons. Finish it with the with the, the turkeys, uh, just like we started. We started with turkeys, we finished with turkeys. Book bookends, bookends, bookends. I think we keep on saying we're not going to do any more presidential podcasts. But then, when we come up with these topics, like we usually like, hey, did you see what was in the news? Or hey, did you hear this? And, and we're trying, we try to keep it somewhat topical at times. Yeah, I uh, say so. and, and we have a plan now. We have a plan of what we want to do each week. Except then, like. Something pops in our head. We're like, "Hey, did you hear this?" And and then you know, it's we it the night of the podcast. <laughs> it does <laughs> sometimes it does? Um, yeah, this was a fairly, you know, I would say, last minute one. Oh yeah, um, this was probably a, a couple hours beforehand. Yeah. Hey, dude, you know what? What about pardons? <laughs> but, but, but it works. We still get our research in, and that's sometimes. And we also do, do research for next week's now. So technically, we're set for next week. So all is well. We're set up. We're set up. To everyone, thank you so much for tuning in again and listening to our podcast. And uh, you know our numbers are growing, which is awesome. And please yeah, again you know, send us emails, po- yeah, um, send posts. Us emails. Let us know what you think. If you have any ideas of you, anything you want us to go over, just let us know. We appreciate it all. Awesome. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and thanks for tuning in. Stay safe, everybody. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world, from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? 
I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts.